Bruce Lawn. Bruce Lawn Exposed, part five of my testimony series. Want to expose myself before anybody gets the opportunity to expose me. <laughs> and so I want to be transparent. And I'm going to talk about something, that camera, I'm going to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart that I've alluded to in passing, but I haven't, like, I think just stopped and gave it its own time. And it's going to be about my debt-free journey and why it's important to me and, and some passages that have inspired that, okay? So I'm going to be talking about that. I'm also going to be revealing something that's a, a vulnerable, personal goal of mine. Uh, and it might make me sound crazy, okay? So you got to watch till the end to watch that part, to get to that part, all right? So if you guys don't know, I did, this is a five-part five parts in this series. This is part five. The first couple parts, I share about my origin story, where I was born, coming from a single parent home, um, sexual trauma, drugs, atheism, all the above. This part is going to be more so talking about my mentality when it came to responsibility, when it came to laziness and financial stewardship. And I know this isn't like the, the coolest thing, the sexiest thing to talk about, but I, I want to make sure that I'm firm on these things. And these are wisdom issues. These are not salvation issues. These are not closed handed doctrine issues. These are wisdom issues. So let's just jump right in some scripture. Romans 13 verse eight. Oh, no one, anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandment, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandments are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Really cool passage. This passage, more or less, I would I would, I would say uh, sums up Christian behavior, if you will. And uh, Paul echoes this in Galatians. Jesus echoes this idea that the entire lo law, the entire moral standard of God is summed up in this, this idea of loving your neighbor as yourself. The part that many of us gloss over is the opening of verse 8. Oh, no one, anything except to love each other. Oh, no one, anything except to love each other. As I came to, to faith, I started reading more and more and more about money and about finances and about debt. Now, I very early on would, you know, got a job at Pizza Hut, saved up, paid cash for my first car. And then somewhere in the process... My mom and one of her friends decided it was a good idea for me at 18 years old to start a credit card. And the idea was you're going to build up your credit. And so early out the gate, I have a credit card. I'm building my credit. And I now owe someone something. All along, I'm a Christian. I'm following Jesus. But I have some, I have some lazy tendencies. I'm talking about sleeping in late. I'm talking about not being productive, slacking off in school, the whole gamut. I was a fairly lazy college student, which took me forever to finish college. Seven and a half years. Okay, seven and a half years. 
to get a four-year degree. I was the super-duper, super-duper, trooper-duper senior. <laughs> so uh, the laziness packaged with um, not having my dad all the way in the picture, packaged with access to cheap, cheap, easy money. That it started something as simple as using my credit card to buy shoes on eBay, and then it escalated all the way to co-signing on a condo with my mom that then went into foreclosure and then it coasts and then all the way up to um getting sued because of the hoas went into collection having my accounts levied um thinking i was gonna have to file for bankruptcy because in the process of all this i discovered that that second mortgage on that foreclosure was another sixty thousand dollars on my credit that wasn't a part of the foreclosure i was still liable for that so i wake up I'm about 26 years old. Um, it took me forever to finish school, and I have tens of thousands of dollars of debt, $45,000 of debt total. Um, I had a brand new car that I was paying off, and at that time in my life, uh, a, a flat tire, a, 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 a brake job on my car was a huge debacle. It was a lot because I didn't have extra resources, right? I didn't have an emergency fund. I just, I wasn't, wise. I wasn't smart, right? And, and and I would read these passages in scripture and I would just kind of gloss over them. I just would gloss over them. I wasn't really paying attention to them and I didn't really understand how money worked. And the more you understand about how money works, the more you understand that, hey, it's it's money more or less is just like anything else. If you approach it with diligence, if you approach it like it's it's almost a game, right? Um, you can make your money work for you. And I just didn't understand that. I'm not talking about no short sighting stocks and trying to get rich quick. It's not what I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about being wise, being shrewd, being diligent with our finances. And so I'm going to pull up another passage to you guys because I think this is a this is an important one. And again, um, th- guys, these are wisdom things, but I feel like with wisdom things comes an unlocking of something spiritual. And I don't know how it all works, but I'm not going to back off this idea um, because it's been so huge in my life. So Proverbs 6, 1 says, my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, have given your pledge for a stranger, if you're snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hands of your neighbor. Go hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Okay, so this is saying, hey, if you've co-signed stuff, if you've taken us, if you've given your word, you need to approach this thing like a gazelle trying to get away from their captor. You need to go hard. You need to be diligent. You need to be focused. You need to be like dialed in to clean this mess up you've made. Uh, and then Proverbs also goes on to say that the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. Average American, the average American has $30,000 out in debt. Uh, The student loan crisis is at an all-time high where you have kids graduating high school uh, with no real plan of of what they're going to do with their lives, and they're given hundreds of thousands of of dollars in student loans without an actual plan of how they're going to repay this. And 
a lot of us are honestly asleep at the wheel and wondering why so many people, 60-70% of the population is living paycheck to paycheck. Most people can't afford a four or $500 emergency. Yet the scriptures were fairly clear about this. Oh, no man, nothing but love, right? If you've ensnared yourself by your word and took it on something that you can't afford, go take care of it. Go, go knock that out. Act like you're a gazelle running from its captor, right? And, and, and it's right there in front of us. Right? It's right there in front of us. And so on my journey, I discovered Dave Ramsey. No, I don't endorse everything Dave Ramsey has done recently with the with the COVID stuff and some of those shenanigans. I don't I don't I don't again I'm not it's not a full endorsement of how they do their business or anything like that. There's been some stuff that recently came out. But by and large, his systems, the baby steps, baby step one, save a thousand dollar emergency fund. A thousand dollar emergency fund, you're now ahead of the 75% of Americans who can't handle a five hundred dollar emergency. Boom, you're ahead. Baby step one thousand dollar emergency fund. Get on a written budget. Now they have apps, get on a written budget in an envelope system. And baby step two is the debt snowball your debts. Start with your smallest debt all the way to your highest debt. Why your smallest debt, not your highest interest debt? Because 80% of finances is about personal behavior. It is not about your your financial, uh, your your mentality or your knowledge. Because if it was about your knowledge, if it was about actual dollars and cents, uh, we wouldn't have went into debt in the first place, right? So there becomes some of this behavior modification that I had to go through to get myself more aligned with handling my monies God's way, handling my money God's way. Because it's ultimately not your money. It's God's money, right? What are you doing with God's money, right? What are you doing with... um, with what you've been entrusted. And so nowadays there's a every dollar app that's available. There's a free version and then there's a version that I think syncs up to all your bank accounts. It's a hundred bucks a year or something like that. That's what me and my wife use now. Before, I mean, we would just have like a sheet of paper and write down all of our needs from food, shelter, so on and so forth. And then whatever was left over, um, and we were giving, by the way, whatever was left over, we would then go to our smallest debt, little three, $400 credit card, then our second smallest debt, uh, thousand dollar credit card then the car note then the student loan then so on and so forth and we just worked our way down that debt snowball and uh, some of you guys know the story we then ended up paying off forty five thousand dollars of debt in the 18 month window in that 18 month window i got sued (laughs) i had my accounts levied which means you wake up and all the money out of your account is gone and your accounts are frozen because there was that lawsuit i thought i was gonna have to file for bankruptcy because that was an additional sixty thousand dollars in debt from that second mortgage and i really felt like everything was coming to an end and it was really just me waking up in the mess that I had made. It was me waking up to the um, the, the nonsensical decisions I had made, partly because I didn't know better, but even the stuff I knew, I just didn't apply, right? Because it takes a different type of mentality. I say this all the time. What you believe will determine how you behave. If you believe that you're forever supposed to be in debt, forever supposed to live paycheck to paycheck, forever supposed to be jacked up, if you believe that, then you will act accordingly. But if you believe that flourishing is possible, that you don't have to be a slave to your finances, that you, if you don't, right, like that, like it's possible to break through and be something that's different than maybe the rest of your friends and family, right? Like I am the person that's changing my family tree because of some of this stuff. So I'm going to go back to the scriptures. So you guys just aren't getting my 
my uh my side of you know my my experience and so let's look at this um so again uh, proverbs 6 and there's other proverbs by the way but proverbs 6 says uh, then do this my son and save yourself for you have come unto the hand of your neighbor go hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor and then this is where it gets hard give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter like a bird from the hand of the, of the fowler. So this is this is what, what we would describe as gazelle intensity, right? You got to get gazelle intense. If you want to if you want to do anything, right? I'm in the middle of a of a, of a cut in my fitness. Some of you guys know that COVID nineteen weight was real. Your boy is the heaviest he's ever been, and now I am, uh, you know, I'm almost two hundred pounds. I, I, and I got on this plan with rich my trainer and i am getting gazelle intense there's just certain barriers certain boundaries i put up no i'm not having flourless cocoa cookies no i'm not eating bread no right you put your foot down you get gazelle intense and even on sundays i'm still being active whether i'm going on walks i did you know an hour of jump rope and weights today tomorrow i'm at the gym at 6 a.m when you put your mind to something you be surprised what you can get your body to do when you start believing that you can change who you are physically, what your financial state looks like, who you're, what you think about, your thoughts, you'd be surprised how different your life can look. And again, I know this isn't cool to talk about, right? I know we just want to talk about like abstract theology and polarizing topics. And what do you think about the gift of tongues? And what do you think, right? I know, I know that's cool to talk about, but I'm trying to, I, I want to talk about something that like, if we all get a hold of this, if we all get a hold of this gazelle mentality, if we all get a hold of these principles that we can change our family trees, we could change our communities, we could change so much for the furthering of the gospel. And I'm going to get to that motivation in a second, right? So it says, uh, save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the flower. And then check this out. This is this is incredible right here. This is incredible. Verse 6, Proverbs 6, verse 6. He says, go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Hmm, he's talking about ants. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food and harvest an ant, an ant who doesn't have a ruler or a boss or connection with the Holy Spirit or, or the access to information has the intrinsic nature to gather her bread in the summer when it's her harvest and tuck it to the side. That we can learn just from the way God set creation in motion that you need to be prepared for a rainy day. That you need to be prepared for the unexpected, right? Plan for the best, but prepare for the worst, all right? So he's talking about this, this, this ant. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Wow. So she's gathering and, and, and preparing. She's tucking away. Verse 9. How long will you lie there, sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? When will you arise from your sleep? And then he says, a little, slum, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. A worthless person is wicked. Um, a, a worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech. So, it's the little things. It's the little things. It's the little small things. It's it's those little things that we let slip by. It's, it's it's not having a plan for our finances. It's not having a plan for our bodies. It's not right. And again, hey, 
Sometimes tragedy is going to come. Sometimes there's going to be variables that we can't control. Sometimes it's going to be tough seasons. Sometimes you right, you, the holidays are going to come around and you're going to want to eat more, whatever. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a plan for this stuff, if you don't have a plan to 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 think through um, to think through these issues, you're going to be in trouble. And so let me bring you guys back to the kingdom mentality of all this, right? And again, this is this is where we get very uncomfortable. And that's okay. It's okay if we're uncomfortable. It's okay if this isn't a popular video because the people that need this video um, are, 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 are going to see this video and it's going to help them a lot, all right? So let's go, let's go to the... Let's go to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture. And Matthew 25 is there's three parables, but my theory is that Matthew 25 is not three different ideas and three different thoughts, that it's one long stream of consciousness, right? And the first parable starts with the wise virgins and the foolish virgins and the the foolish virgins left and weren't prepared for the bridegroom to come back this is a parallel for us as christians to be prepared for the coming of jesus right have your life in order have your house in order right jordan peterson always says don't criticize the world if your house is in an order don't criticize the world if you haven't cleaned your room right like figure your own stuff out before you start being hypercritical of all these other things you ever go to somebody's house and their house is dirty and yucky but they don't know because it's just a blind spot they're just accustomed to their own filth right that was me right like I just lived in a mess now we my wife is afforded the amazing opportunity because of what God's done with our business to stay home with our son. And guess what? You come to our house, you're not even stepping in our house if the house isn't clean and in order, right? And now when I go to other people's house, and this is no judgment, but I'm way more sensitive to when someone's house is in an order, right? So be prepared. I'm using the house as a metaphor, but in general, be prepared to have your life in order for the return of Jesus because he is coming back. Yes, he is coming back. Like a thief in the night, no man knows the day or the hour. We don't know when, but have your house in order. Everybody obsessed with all this end time doctrine stuff, have your house in order. That's your command, right? So again, that's what Matthew 25 is talking about. It's the virgin, the wise and the foolish virgins. They weren't prepared, right? They weren't prepared. And so I'll, I'll scroll up here. Um, you guys could you guys could read this part on your own because I'm not going to read the entire chapter. Uh, but, but more or less, they missed it, right? They missed it. They missed it. They weren't prepared. And then check this out. After Jesus talks about being prepared for the bridegroom's return, check out what he goes into. This is all one, right? Watch this. He says, I'm going I'm to pull it back. He says, afterward, the other virgins came along saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. You know neither the day or the hour when Jesus is coming back, right? Nobody knows. We know that part, right? And check this out. And look where it goes into verse 14. He instantly goes into another parable that I think is directly connected to this. It says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. We get certain talents. We get certain certain opportunities based on our abilities, right? That's interesting. He says, um, he who had uh, received, he who had received five talents went at once and traded with them and one and once traded with them and he made five talents more. So he also had two talents, made two talents more, but he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Okay, guys, it's not your money. It's not your talent. It's not your time. If Jesus is your Lord, your life is not your own, period. 
So all of this talk of I don't want to do this and I don't want to take care of myself and I don't want to clean my house and I don't want to get my body in order. It's not yours to begin with. It's God's. You're just a steward. You're just a manager of God's stuff. Your marriage, your relationships, your abilities. It's not about you. Verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of the servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, um, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, five, here, here I've made five more. He doubled up, right? He doubled up. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. You've been faithful over a little. You're going to get much. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you deliver me to two, uh, you deliver me to two talents. Um, here I am, uh, here I have made two more. He doubled up, right? He didn't get five. He got two. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Into into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, check this out. Check this out. Listen to this. I know, I knew you to be a hard man. I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow and gathering and uh, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you had scattered no seed. Reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you had not, uh, where you had not scattered no seed. This is so interesting to me because in this context, the master and the parable the standard for him being shrewd, the standard for him being shrewd was that he reaped where he didn't sow and he gathered where he scattered no seed. That if we handle our money God's way, is it possible? Is it possible that the areas that maybe where you didn't sow and you didn't, you didn't gather, is it possible that those, even those areas may flourish, right? If, if, if God's way of handling things, right? So, so let's go back to this. I'm going to read this to you one more time. He also had one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow. Catch that. And gathering where you scattered no seed. I'm not, I'm not, on, no, I'm not on no prosperity gospel tip. Just, just read that for what it is, right? And he says, so I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. He thinks he's, he thinks he's in right standing. He thinks he's doing the right, right thing, right? But his master answered him. You wicked and slothful servant. This was me. Okay, this was me. I was a wicked and slothful Christian <laughs> because I wasn't honoring God with my time, talent, and treasure. He said, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At, and at my coming, I should have received that was mine with interest. At the very least, you could have just put your money in the, in my money in the bank and I would have got a little bit of interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has, no, uh, who has the 10 talents. For everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthy servant into the outer darkness, and that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whew! That's some scary stuff. Some scary stuff, right? That's not your, that's not your typical... Um, Jesus's love and just, you know, you don't have to do anything after you become a Christian. No, this is some, 
some serious stuff. Now, check this out. So I, my theory is, my theory is, this is, again, all one stream of consciousness. The beginning of Matthew 25 is about being prepared for what? Jesus coming back. We don't know the day or the hour. Then it goes into what? Us being good stewards, good managers of our talent. Talent in that context was money. I'm sure we could extend that to time, talent, and treasure. Your abilities, your talent, your treasure, your life experience, your expertise. We are called to handle those things as onto the Lord, right? Now, check this out. This is the best part. Watch what the motivation for this is. Watch where this goes, right? So it says, you know, he who has little more will be given. And in verse 31, it says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, so it's another prophecy about the, the end of days. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd, as a shepherd uh, separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then... The king will say to those on the right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. We see God having a heart for the least of these, right? We, we, maybe you've heard that phrase before. Folks who are, 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 are without, maybe folks in third world countries, maybe folks in your local community, maybe those family members who... Uh, that single mother, um, that, that that person that's that that's maybe in prison, right? Because they're they made some poor decisions, right? Um, the the folks without clothes, and you know what all of this requires: feeding, clothing, taking a day off, and visiting someone in prison. You know what it all requires? It requires abundance. It requires flourishing. It requires you having your house in order so you can have extra to, to, to help care for the least of these. It's not about you. Again, it's not about you. This is, the universe doesn't revolve around you. You're not a snowflake. You're not, uh, you're not one of a kind. This entire, this entire chapter is about preparing for Jesus to come back, being a good steward of what you've been given, which is ultimately God's, so that you may have abundance and flourishing so you can care for the least of these. I know, I know that's not a super deep theological concept. I, I know it's not like, oh, Ruslan, what do you think about the five points of Calvinism? Can we talk about tongues? But this is real life. This is the stuff that, that, that I feel like so many are missing it on, that not enough people talk about. And when people talk about them, they get dismissed. As, as, as prosperity gospel, and, and, and it goes to, to an extreme with it. I'm simply telling you, if you had the option between having a $200,000 income and having a $30,000 income, but this required some more work and some more effort and some gazelle, gazelle intensity, right? I, I'm stepping out on a limb and I'm saying that this is the better stewardship move considering that you're caring for your family and your ministries first and all that, right? Your, your home ministries, all that kind of stuff. I'm saying that that's not good stewardship. 
right? I'm saying that, that, that if I want to pursue my own vain pursuit of wanting to make it as an artist, then you guys know I love music and I want to keep pursuing my, my own thing of Ruslan and the, I want to be a rapper and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm fairly successful as a rapper, like 50 million streams, right? 50 million streams. That's not easy to do. I made a full-time income as a rapper, but you know what? It took me a couple of months of being on YouTube, touching the algorithm and YouTube exploded and I'm, and I'm doing way better doing YouTube and way better doing other stuff than trying to pursue my own thing. What do you think God's heart for me is for me to chase my own dream, for me to chase my own thing, even though I was relatively successful at it. And there's, there's some of you guys watching right now. You're relatively successful at that thing. You, you're, you're doing okay. But God might be calling you to more because he's deposited specific talents, specific treasure, specific life experiences, specific information. And, 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 and you're, you're over-spiritualizing it. You're thinking that you're, to be a good Christian, you're supposed to be poor, right? You're thinking that, 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 that you're, supposed to, you're supposed to be meek and humble and, 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 and like just be mediocre. And that's just not it because... When we, when we handle our money God's way, we will always be in God's will. And how do we figure out what God's way is? It's in God's word. God's word will point us to God's ways, and God's ways will keep us in God's will. It's very simple. Figure out what God's ways are for your finances. Figure out what God's God's ways are for your relationship. Figure out what God's ways are for your health and your body. Figure out what God's ways are for your marriage. Figure out what God's ways are in God's word, and you will always be in God's will. It won't always be easy. That 18 months was extremely difficult. That 18 months was extremely difficult. And if you sat down on a journey, you said, man, I'm in debt right now, just like, just like most Americans. You sit down, you're like, man, I don't really know how to handle money, just like most Americans. But you actually start handling stuff God's will, God's way, you, 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 will, you will be in his perfect will for your life, right? And I, again, I know that's not super deep. I know that's not like sensationalized, but that's just the truth of it, right? And it's been such an incredible breakthrough and the testimony. And I mean, gosh, guys, you know how many times, like simple stuff, like, like, like knowing that uh, a friend is in need and isn't going to make rent and they're, you know, we're in Southern California, rent's expensive out here, right? And, and being able to say, you know what, we got it. And we're going to, we're going to, we're just going to slide it on a doormat and, and being able to do that for people. And they, they, they still don't know it was us. Like, that's fun. That's fun, right? Not because not, not they were, they were oh, mischievous, just because they just had a brutal month and something came up. Being able to help out people, like being able to feed people, being able to clothe people, being able to take care of family members, all of these things, um, is, 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 it's, really, it's really awesome to tap into that, right? It's really awesome to tap into that. And so we got out of debt. We transitioned. We 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 did. Um, we then saved six months of living expenses, and we and you know, now I'll tell you guys my personal goal, and you guys may think I'm crazy. Okay, you guys may think I'm crazy. I'm gonna be vulnerable with you guys. I'm gonna expose myself some more. <laughs> but having gone through this entire this entire journey, understanding those passages in Romans, right? Um, Do not be conformed to the ways of the world, but renewed by the transforming of your mind, right? Um, 
uh, oh, no, man, nothing but love. My my goal, this is my goal. This ain't got to be your goal, right? This is my goal. What what I'm praying, working hard for, believing God for is at some point in the, in the relative future, I would love to be in a position um, where I can own my home outright. That's my, that's my, that's my next mountain, right? That's my next mountain. Um, because if you think about what a home is, if you think about what a home is, a home is where humans find shelter, right? A home is where humans find shelter. I want to be able to own the shelter that I have found. I don't want to owe no man anything. I don't want to owe nobody rent. I don't want to owe nobody a mortgage right now. We rent. And that's my big, that's my big objective. Right. And, and so, um, that's what I'm moving towards. And I know that may sound crazy. Ruslan, you want to own a paid for home in Southern California? Yeah, that's my goal, right? That, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what I'm working towards. That's what I'm believing God towards. We're going to you know, do our best to get into a home. And yes, we are going to probably take out a mortgage unless something crazy happens and I get like a million subscribers overnight. Um, <laughs> but that, that is going to be something that we're doing. And, and my, my, the idea in all this, by the way, in terms of being debt-free, in terms of all these different things, um, and whether we buy a home outright or whether we build a home or whatever, we're, we'll look at all those options, right? Right now, we're just saving. Um, the idea in all this is not more. Just so you guys know, it's not more. I'm uh, I'm not in a spot where I I want more stuff. I don't I don't need more shoes. I really like shoes. I don't need more shoes. I don't want more shoes. I don't want more equipment. Right? The idea is actually less. The idea is how do I minimize my overall in uh, my expenses so that I could have such a low burn rate so that I could actually be a blessing with my money to others, whether that's helping plant churches, whether that's missionaries, whether that's helping other creators on YouTube, get a jump start. That is, that is what I'm trying to get to is it's, it's not about more and things. It's about how do I reduce my burn rate? So my overhead is next to nothing, right? That the only thing I'm responsible for is taxes and food, Right. And I would like to grow my own food someday. I would like to have solar uh, energy so that the energy is, is I'm not paying anybody anything. So that's that's my dream. That's my goal. I'm sharing that with you guys. We'll see how it goes. That may take me 10 years, five years, 15 years, three years. I don't know. Right. So that's my goal. That's what I'm that's what I'm praying for. But I'm also no, I'm also sober enough to know that I don't control all the variables that is right. Like, like I could have this goal and I could pray about it and I could work towards it and I can get on a budget and I could, I, all I'm responsible for is the input. All I'm responsible for is sowing the seed. All I'm responsible for is my part, right? God has to send the rain. Right, God. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on getting rid of the weeds. I'm gonna work on, you know, uh, taking care of the garden. I'm gonna work on my responsibility and do everything I can within my power. But ultimately, God has to send the rain. Ultimately, God has to provide, provide the rain. Ultimately, God has to, right? You, you see what I'm saying? And so, I think in approaching these things, I want you guys just to have a fair grasp that 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 you do your part. You do your part. You do your very best to get aligned with what God's will is for your for your finances. You do your part, right? You you get gazelle intense. God has to open up the 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 floodgates. God has to open up some things. God has to align certain things. And if you're struggling in terms of income, I've said this before, I'll say it again. If you're struggling in terms of income, 
If you're trying to figure out how to get your income up, find something. Hear me loud and clear. It's the best financial advice you'll ever get, in my opinion, and it's not mine. It's from Naval. There's a long podcast, four hours long, in all of my YouTube descriptions with some of the best stuff you'll hear about money. Find something where you get paid for your results and not paid for your time. Wealthy people don't get paid for their time. They get paid for the results. The, 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 the good steward, didn't get paid how much of a return he doubled he doubled the master's money he got he got celebrated because he he created results find something that creates results find something you can do and add value to somebody else that creates results whether it takes you 20 minutes to do that or whether it takes you 2 hours to do that but when you're trading your time for money you're 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 a slave to that right? You're attached to that. This is why I don't do one-on-one consulting. This is why I don't do, um, I, I don't do verses and features for people because honestly, what I feel like my time is worth, most people can't afford. And that's why I don't do that. I do that very sparingly for people I like really believe in if I can make content around it and I can add it to like the Patreon community. Um, so find something where you can get paid for your results. Think real estate, think flipping stuff. Um, on eBay, right, uh, creating something for someone else. If you are naturally very good with video, find a local small business in your area that maybe needs to expand and get popping on Instagram or get popping on YouTube or get popping on TikTok. Help them. And if you can create results, you get whether it takes you 20 minutes to make that video, 10 minutes to make that video, it doesn't matter. You have a going rate for it, right? And so find something where you're getting paid for your results not for your time. And this goes all the way down to the remedial task of, hey, if you're somewhere and it's snowing right now and wealthy people are afraid of snow, then, hey, go knocking door to door. I mean, it's depending on what state you're in, maybe people don't like that. But go knocking and figure out and say, hey, I'll, I'll pile your snow for you for 30 bucks. Okay, right? Boom, you just hit hit all the snow, take clean up all the snow. I was just in Big Bear, that's what I'm thinking about, snow. Um it could take you 10 minutes to do that. It could take you an hour to do that. But you just, if you, if, but think about it. If, if you, if it takes you 15 minutes to clean out all the snow, but they pay you 30 bucks, I mean, that's pretty good money, right? That's more money than you would make at a job, right? And so th- this is the way I want you guys to be thinking about these types of things um, is how can you get paid for your results? Most of you, most of you, especially if you're over 25, if you graduated college, most of you have experiences, expertise, knowledge, special knowledge, special skills, and you can use that to build your revenue streams. You can use that legitimately to build your revenue streams. And if you, again, what you believe determines what you behave. If you're going into this with the mentality of, oh, in order for me to make money, I have to rip someone off. Well, you've lost already. That's a poor man's mentality. You've already lost. But if you go in and say, hey, I have these amazing, incredible skills and I can leverage these skills and and this experience to help people. And in exchange, I can make more money because I'm getting paid for results and I'm not getting paid for my time. You've just had a mind switch, right? You just had a mind switch. You see what I'm saying? Um, Another idea, and and this is floating around in the chat, shout out to you guys in the chat, is if you are a a chef or a cook, hey, maybe you create a meal prep plan and it takes takes you an hour to prep, I don't know, 100 meals. Boom. And then what what can you charge per meal? I think right now, last time I looked, because I've looked at getting my meals delivered to me from Icono Meals, I think it's about eight bucks a meal or something wild like that, right? So how long will it take you to make 100 meals? I don't know, an hour or two at eight bucks a meal? 100 meals at eight bucks a meal, that's $800. 
minus the the, the, the price of the food, right? You're making bet. You could potentially make four hundred bucks an hour, right? Or three hundred bucks an hour. You, you see what I'm saying? And then the referral system and and, and the whole bit. So this is how we start thinking as entrepreneurs. This is how we start thinking. Um, this is how we start thinking beyond just the, the regular, right? Beyond just the regular. Um, this is how we grow in financial literacy. This is how we become free. This is how we um, cut through the the typical way that most people are struggling and living paycheck to paycheck. And what I'm not saying is that capitalism is perfect and America is perfect. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, hey, this is how the this is how people become wealthy. These and the and a lot of this stuff is biblical, right? A lot of these principles come from scripture. This is this is how people do it. You want to know how people do it? This is how people do it. This is how they approach it. If you approach it that way, um, you can start creating revenue streams. Um, and if you are young and you don't have useful skills, you need to develop some useful skills. Period. Point blank. You can't. There's, there's no way around it. You got to develop some useful skills. You got, and you probably already have some um, if, on a computer editing that kind of stuff. So anyway, hopefully that's helpful, guys. Um, I am the the I am speaking on stuff that is hard for me. This stuff was hard for me. This stuff was really um, challenging for me, and uh, I was a very entitled, lazy young man. Um, and by the grace of God, I was able to really align myself with his way of handling things and changed and it changed everything for me. Right. And I'm still, I still got a ways to go. I still got a ways to go. I still got mountains that I'm hoping to get on the other side of. Um, but Hey, I'm going to control what I can control. I'm going to control my input. I'm going to let God control the output. If you enjoyed this video, please do give it a thumbs up. Consider sharing it with somebody. If, the, if you something that was said here you think is valuable, consider sharing it with somebody. Maybe it will bless somebody. And do make sure you're subscribed and all that good stuff. Appreciate it. Joshua the king came down and bore it all. Yeah. Conversations in front of the fireplace. All of my mistakes out of wire race. Wanna operate at a higher pace. Birth pains causing the body to dilate.